0: Feeling downtrodden, fresh kid turned rotten, you know, that like that type of thing. Like, you know, I can't believe how naive that I've gotten over the years. Seems like I'm getting dumber. Reminiscing to a time when I was younger, with a hunger. You know, just when I was, you know, you know, I had a little more vitality. And, you know, it's just like when you get older, you know, when you're younger, you don't care about a lot of things, you know, because you got the future ahead of you. But then, you know, there's, there's a certain age that you reach, and it's like, wow, maybe I am going to be, you know,
1: stupid for the rest of my life. Everybody. Welcome to Generation Lost, the show about movies with Bryn. And Jeremy. And today we are talking about stuff.
0: Movies.
1: Specifically movies, but...
0: But really, actually, a lot of what we're going to be talking about today would stretch the definition of movies. As
1: you know, dear listener, if you've been listening to this show for a while, we have a, a loose definition of what movies are. Yes generally anything that isn't a stilly Mm -hmm.
0: is a movie (laughs) is a movie it's very rare that there's something that we would not consider to be a movie i uh, have we ever decided if
1: games are movies that's
0: a good question because i did actually want to talk about games because yeah we talked about games a little bit last week we talked about the nintendo switch and specifically about games that would be fun to play on vacation
1: that wasn't on the show was it was it? <laughs> I think that was uh,
0: maybe just a personal conversation we had. Yeah, yeah. But in any event, you lent me uh, the video game um, Link's Awakening. I did do that. The remake of Link's Awakening, I should say. Uh, and I have to tell you, I I have in the past, I've um, I've talked very badly about like shared universe stuff, and like I've made fun of like the Marvel tendency oh, sure, to yeah. just like go bananas over for example in the new um in the new trailer for the dr strange movie there's a part where um what's her name wanda shows up and from wanda vision
1: oh the scarlet witch
0: i guess yeah uh but there's a scene that very clearly is just like him being like wanda and like the you know the camera goes to her and you're supposed to be like oh my god wanda is in the dr strange movie and you're supposed to love that, right? And and you know, I've always kind of like rolled my eyes at that a little bit. Of course, uh, but I have to tell you the the <laughs> the 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 soy face that I made
1: <laughs> when Mario.
0: Ah, uh, when when you see the little when when what the first time you do the side scrolling element of this game and uh and you see little mushroom dudes and i literally made the like the pointing the, face the, yeah. at, at my wife and i was like look <laughs> you have to see and she looked at it she's like like mario and i was like like mario it's yes, mario <laughs> they put mario stuff in here yeah
1: chain chomp is in it it's a shared universe <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's you know, so much mario shit in there chain chomps yeah. in there the well mushroom dudes the those, little chompy dudes mm-hmm. the the uh the in the desert there's the little uh
1: prickly guys, prickly guys. yeah it's funny because the the story of that one was there's a story about it that i am gonna mess up but i think it was a game that they wanted to make and weren't they were designing it like kind of like a zelda game but not necessarily Mm -hmm. and they were just like using assets like in development and as they were like having more fun with it they were like what if it's just a a dream like what if it's not really like a zelda adventure Mm -hmm. but it's link and he's like also runs into like mario shit and like they were just having fun with it it because it's like way too early in the company to like care about that stuff you know like yeah they didn't think anyone would i don't know like Super Mario Brothers and you know the NES was a big hit and the the the, the Game Boy you know obviously later they revolutionized the entire
0: But yeah it's not, it's not really how we were thinking about games back then.
1: Right it's right? Like, like these you weren't, have to be these properties and these have to be this. And also And you weren't
0: thinking of like like you weren't thinking of like if you saw those you'd be like oh like Mario but you wouldn't be like oh they're characters from Mario. You know like I don't think that that's how people thought about it's these just things. assets yeah. Yeah. yeah they were
1: just like oh hey it's kind of like mario because they made the fucking game like, yeah it's like if people... you saw
0: it, <laughs> it, it would be as if you saw the same trees and you were like ooh.
1: if anything you might like if you're a critic and you actually paid attention to games that back then you might be like this is a little lazy but i don't know if that
0: existed <laughs> back then i don't know like
1: i mean they, nintendo power existed but that was like commercial like that was just a magazine they made to like advertise their own games yeah i don't like i
0: don't think that games
1: criticism was a very i think that was a twinkling in like some nerds eyes yeah even then but there was a probably like because computer games had existed a little before yeah nintendo did so it's like
0: like, i'm i keep thinking about in the um the tim rogers uh pac-man video the way that he talks about the Star Wars video game that he got and how like him and his brother it's like the first video game they ever really played. Yeah. And how when they first played it, they didn't really acknowledge it as anything in particular that was different from a toy. And how it like, was a toy. And and how to them, like the idea of playing a Star Wars video game was like cool, but like not as interesting as playing with Star Wars toys where you could, you know, add your own shit to it and whatever. Yeah. And and I guess it it really changed the way that I thought about early video games and remembering the way that I, you know, interacted with early NES games as being not, they're not like little worlds the way that we think of video games in now. Like you didn't get immersed in a game the way that you do now. Like
1: It's funny because I know exactly what you mean, but like I did. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I was like four or five years old. I was five years old when I got my Genesis, uh-huh. when that Genesis like was under the Christmas tree. And I was just like, I was mesmerized by games in a way that I like movies even didn't have like a hold on me.
0: But I guess like Genesis even is a little late. Like, cause yeah, I mean, we, we got a Genesis later than it came out. Like my timeline of video games is weird because like, you know my mom was a single mom and she was buying whatever she could get for cheaper so like we got an N64 like really early on but she won it in a raffle but like we oh, had the cool. we had the NES for a really long time before we got a Genesis and like it was you know now i'm realizing like years after it had been a new thing so we were playing all these games and to us they're like brand new but like yeah. uh like but i'm remembering the way that like i would have thought of like duck hunt or super mario brothers which were the two games that we had and I, I don't think that I was, like, immersed in the world of Super Mario Brothers to the degree that, like, if I saw stuff from Super Mario Brothers in Link's Awakening, I would have been like, whoa, like, yeah, this is a shared world they're in. These take place in the same place. Because I wouldn't have thought of it's not... Super Mario Brothers as taking place somewhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no,
1: totally. <laughs> that, like, because they're, like, he's not a character.
0: Yeah, He's not like, a character. This isn't a world. It's
1: before like the Mario cartoon or the movie. Mm. Like they weren't even merchandising it like that. There's no story. Yes,
0: exactly. But for he's me, not Italian yet.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's just a he guy. Means
0: nothing to me. Yeah,
1: but for <laughs> me, like I would, you could put like I didn't have an NES, I, but I would remember like any time I would go to one of my cousins or friends' house that had one. I'm just like you couldn't take me away from it. Yeah. Um, it was my favorite toy. Yeah. But um, That's
0: what I mean is it's like it's but that's the way you were playing with it. Yeah. Like I was it wasn't obsessed until with like, as a toy. I'm trying to think of like the first game that I like I think it was Sonic the Hedgehog was the first one where like it felt like a place. Yeah, because you'd get these little you would get these little hints of things right where like when you kill a guy he like like turns into like a little animal and a you're like bunny you're like i freed that animal maybe <laughs> yeah like is did. it that like dr robotnik's evil thing is that he's turning animals into monsters into robots and then at the end you free them all from the little egg thing and like
1: yeah and that story is told to you through mechanics yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're just like oh like you realize that as you're you're like oh i'm a hero for saving these little bunnies yeah and then you get to like kill the robotnik guy
0: yeah and you see like the world of it through like the first thing is like a you know the green hill zone is i'm thinking of sonic 2 i believe uh green as, i zone think is that's the, the first one that i played so the green hill zone is the first level and it's like nature and you're like okay like this is whatever and but then the second level is the chemical zone yeah and you're like oh because like the first time you see robotnik he's in his like weird little like you know dick machine uh, (laughs) with the the spike on the front um that he's penetrating you with oh yeah Uh, (laughs) and then (laughs) in the second level you see the chemical zone and you're like this is like his factory that he makes his little dick machines in
1: (laughs) uh-huh and then i
0: don't remember anything from there there's like a casino i believe casino
1: yeah and Um, then the like big flying plane man sonic 2 was an incredible game
0: incredible game but you get little hints of like what the what the world has been perverted into by robotnik
1: yeah uh so story-wise yeah link awakening was like before that stuff it's Mm -hmm. like very early on Wait, how many tim videos have you watched
0: i've watched all of them oh my god (laughs) Uh,
1: have we talked about that
0: no, well, we talked about it when you watched it, but I've watched all of them I now. know,
1: but that's crazy um, because it does that thing where you're like, I'm not going to watch this guy talk about video games. I know, for- especially
0: because I haven't played any of the games he's talking about. <laughs> I, I don't know anything about like, uh, that. this is what's weird about him and, and this type of video, right? Is that like, obviously I've played Pac-Man. I played the original Final Fantasy Seven. I haven't played the remake, but I like listen I to him either. talk about the remake and I'm like fascinated by the way he's talking about it and yeah. the way that he's like, spinning this sort of yarn about these things is much more interesting to me than the games themselves. Yeah. You know, so you like, watch
1: all 11 hours of that cyberpunk review because I did too.
0: Uh, No, I haven't watched all 11 hours of it, but I did watch like the way that he recommended yeah. to watch it. Um,
1: Pick two and then go to the end. Yeah. I mean, that's still like probably four hours. It's
0: four or five hours. Yeah, but I watched all of it. These, th- yeah, these things are like insanely long, but really fucking good. They're and it's so just like,
1: I'm glad you like it because it's like, I, when I first saw it, I was, like, really on the fence of, like, is this guy insufferable, mm-hmm. or is he joking and in a way that is tolerable and fun? And I, I came down, obviously, on watching 20 hours. I don't even think hours. that he's...
0: I don't think he's either. <laughs> I really honestly think that he's just a really smart guy who's, like, who's, like, thinking about games in a yeah. way that, like, nobody else really is and, like, talking about games in way really mm-hmm. nobody else is. And, like, honestly... What's really cool about it for me is that, like, he's, like, inspired me to write again. Dude, I, like, I, I've started writing again for the first time in, like, ages. I,
1: I could not, I can't explain to you how inspiring those videos were to me. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, you can, I can do stuff. And it's like, he, if you just, like, he has this way of, not by encouraging you mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> he's not trying to get you to do anything at all. But just by, like, watching his output and, like watching him care about something so deeply yeah, was yeah, yeah, yeah. very like, Oh, I have done that. Yeah. And like, just in terms of like my, my projects, my band and, you know, like my job and stuff it was just like, it definitely rekindled a certain sort of, I don't know, just passion for doing stuff because it's beautiful and fun and cool, yeah. you know, rather than like, Oh, I have to do this because it's my project.
0: And it's, it's, interesting because it's like these two different things that i try to do where like he's like like deeply researching something and 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 displaying a passion for it and then also doing this sort of autobiographical thing where he's like injecting himself into the piece and these are two things that i do a lot of right oh, yeah, especially in like with your youtube show yeah, with the youtube show i think about this a lot how like half of that show is just me like, the actual products that I'm making is all about, like, research and, and and you know, applying that research to uh-huh. a visual medium, but then everything that I'm talking about ends up being really autobiographical, and, like, down to the level where there's, like, episodes of the show where I, like, talk about, you know, how... This one episode where I make like a, a Dutch star fort that's like super detailed yeah. is like a coping mechanism for dealing with my son being in the intensive care unit, and like yeah. I talk about that for almost the whole episode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome.
0: And, and and so seeing him kind of put these two things together in this way, in this longer form way, really inspired me a lot. And so I've started writing this this essay about um about the St. Louis Gateway Arch oh nice Um, and how you've talked
1: about that a little bit on the show yeah
0: how it's like how it's kind of like a peerless uh piece of design that like there's nothing else like it in the world the the closest peer that it has is the eiffel tower and and my argument is kind of that like the the thesis that i'm working with right now is that the is that the gateway arch tells you more about st louis than uh the eiffel tower tells you about paris that's
1: very interesting um
0: and it's a very long piece so far. <laughs> and I think it's only going to get longer.
1: <laughs> that's great. I can't wait to watch it. Yeah,
0: I'm very excited.
1: No, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean that's I don't
0: know if it's gonna be a video or if it's gonna be just like an essay an that I publish, essay. but like we'll see. We'll see what makes or, sense. Or, I'm trying to gather or read it. I'm trying to gather footage to see if there's enough. to to like fill all of it of what of just like the arch and like the the stuff that i'm talking about in like design and whatever i mean i might be in it but it's not going to be all me sure yeah um it's tough there's just not a lot of like free use footage and i don't want to go to st louis to just film the arch
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh i say um yeah yeah you could wait well uh yeah he 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 does a bunch of stuff that a lot of youtubers do that feels so put upon, mm-hmm. and when he does it, it feels very effortless, yeah, and like he's just talking to you uh it, it feels like he really like cracked a certain code of doing that kind of thing,
0: yeah uh he's a fascinating guy too i ended up like after watching all of those i ended up like digging a little deeper and like finding his old stuff that he made for kotaku and like i watched uh his lectures when he was making his video game like i really like dove into this a little bit
1: yeah i'm video ball's a great game yeah like i played on the my ps5 and Mm -hmm. yeah he he uh he's a fascinating guy i can't wait to watch season two yeah like it's really interesting yeah watch action button reviews uh if we haven't we haven't actually mentioned what it's called he's his name is tim rogers his
0: his name is tim rogers but you won't find it that way no it's action action button
1: button. on youtube um and that's you know it's funny because i think tim is really smart in his in his approach to video games um but he's not the only one he's definitely the one who's the most like, his output is, I think, on a different level of other people. But there's another guy named Aaron Signal who mm-hmm. has much less subscribers. He doesn't ever show his face. And his videos are more like 10, 20 minutes long. Okay. Um, but he's been doing it for a couple of years now. And I think he's has a really smart opinions. But he's not like, you know, no, no offense to Chris if he ever <laughs> uh, hears this. But, like, he's not as funny as Tim. He's not as, like personal as tim yeah um but aaron signal i think is a really good channel um and talks very smartly about video games but i feel like very few people really understand that we are functionally in the french new wave of video games like mm-hmm. we're we're in like the we are at like the first pinnacle of like 60s 70s a film but for video games yeah. you know like we had the shitty like man with a movie camera of, with, of Pong, you know, right. (laughs) And like shitty, like games like that. And then like the weird, you know, thirties and like blockbuster attempts of the 19, you know, the eighties NES stuff, you know, Casablanca and shit. And now we're hitting like this artistic pinnacle, I think Mm in the twenties here, um, that I can really only compare to like the sixties and seventies of film of just like, people are really starting to understand and and it's similarly because of technology, you know, like you can have like some sad single person in a room make a full game and it's yeah. like it can have like really good mechanics, really good graphics, you know, like three people art coding, you know, music and that's it. And like they'll just make the best game of the year. Right. Um and and I don't, you know, it's fascinating to people don't really talk about it (laughs) Mm -hmm. like people people, you know games are now mainstream but like we've had the last decade of like from games and now elden ring comes out next week elden ring will come out in five days yeah (laughs) Uh, if you're listening to this now um you know these huge things that are basically like going to change the entire industry and art form yeah that's really cool i think and that's kind of sad that movies are sort of like feel like they need a kick in the ass whereas games are sort of like just skyrocketing in terms of
0: Yeah, it's interesting too because it's like it it seems like the the equivalents of Hollywood blockbusters in in gaming, the AAA, you know, big releases and whatever. It seems like more and more people are like rejecting those. Like just thinking about Cyberpunk and like I know that there's there's all yeah. sorts of, you know, other aspects to the Cyberpunk thing. Like I I know very little about it. But as I understand it, like a big part of it is that it just like it kind of just was broken and not really done. Yeah. But additionally it just seems like people overall are like when these big games come out, there's more criticism than there is joy. Mm-hmm. The things that I hear way more about are these smaller games that are like like Hollow Knight and shit like that where like yeah.
1: Undertale. That's what people uh, are
0: super passionate and talking about more than like, you know, Cyberpunk and whatever.
1: Red Dead Redemption. GTA. Red, well,
0: Red Dead was different. Red Dead was like a cultural moment. It feels like everybody was just like immersed <laughs> in Red Dead for a couple of minutes.
1: Yeah. Um, um, but Call of Duty, like, it just feels like people are like, yeah. Less I heard nothing. Less... I
0: heard about the Reagan thing, and then I heard nothing else about that game.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that was a couple of years ago. There's another one that's actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. I would say uh, the Call of Duty Vanguard. Uh, they do a really interesting little like story thing uh, where your first mission you play as some nameless guy who dies you Mm. die and then the rest of the game is like the rest of the characters remembering you and telling each other your their story and then you play as each character so you go to italy and you play like a, a guy resist in the resistance against the fascists in italy and then you go to the soviet union and you play as a sniper girl who's like uh in the battle of stalingrad and it's like you just play these like flashbacks.
0: And who are you? You're each of those characters. No, I mean like you, your character that they're remembering.
1: No, you're not. You don't have a character besides that. You're just like though you're like each different character. It's really weird. But it's a
0: guy died, and these people are all remembering. Yeah, the
1: first the first guy was I guess you, and you die, and then yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So that's what I mean is who's that guy?
1: He's just like some American like guy who could they're like a they're like an intelligence team that's put together. By like uh the the ally powers mm-hmm. and they're like trying to go get some reconnaissance stuff and they're like on a train okay. going to do it and then, like or they're actually they're in a jail f- at the first part
0: but he's like fighting fascists in Italy but then he's also in, in no those are,
1: those are different people so you're playing you're playing different stories oh, I was
0: I was seeing it as like each mission of the game or whatever is like somebody else's memory of the same guy oh
1: no 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 each mission of the game is a different person's backstory oh, okay. and those that team is like being explained. Got it. Uh, it's really interesting. Uh, it's pretty short, but mm-hmm. it's a really good, I feel a pretty, pretty good game. I haven't played a call of duty since I was like in high school yeah. and I just like picked it up cause I was like, I want to play the battle of Stalingrad and it's <laughs> sick. <laughs> nice. It's really nice. Uh, but you know, no one cares about it. Um, but yeah, I think games are in a really weird an interesting position right now so it's it's yeah. fun to hear them
0: it's 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 there's like one thing that needs to happen which is like pushing past this like gamer culture right and and it feels like we're kind of finally getting we're past get, we're it we're getting now. there we're really close like it's the thing that happened with like the the gamer thing was like as much a pushback against like you know feminism and whatever <laughs> as, as it was a pushback against this idea of video games as art, right? It's, mm. it's pushback against the idea that video games should be analyzed and the idea that video games should be
1: treated the way that we treat literally every other piece of art. Right. And Which I never really understood as, like, a position. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I feel like those people are, like, more and more becoming just, like, not knowing how to even... Ex- Express what they're saying.
0: it's literally like ninety percent of YouTube now is video game analysis. Yeah. like everything is video <laughs> game analysis now, and, and it used to be like the the battle cry of the of the GamerGate guy was like, "These are my escape. This is just what I do to like turn off. Yeah.
1: I want a slaughter and fucking machine. Yeah, uh,
0: a- a- which was itself a, a it was always bullshit, and right, whether or not they knew it was bullshit, it was always bullshit like now it's like you play a video game with the idea of like what's my take on this game now like what's my <laughs> what's my opinion of it like it it's very interesting to see games finally kind of like reaching this this moment
1: yeah and and you know the from games i feel like really changed what a real gamer meant mm-hmm. because now it wasn't about like do you play like can you sh- you know 360 no scope somebody in halo or call of duty or something now it was like do you understand how to play dark souls Mm -hmm. and like if you don't like now there's like this new thing you can sort of like hold over people and that hasn't really gone away like there is this sort of like elitism still but it's like of course there is um but i think it's interesting how like you have to understand that stories need to be told mechanically lore needs to be explored mechanically like the actual experience of inputting and playing and like having different verbs that you can do within the game. Like that, like knowing that sort of criticism, like is makes you a quote unquote real gamer. now, Right. Yeah. And yeah, that's yeah, yeah totally. A, a big shift, I think. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and coming from like the production end of it, like games now seem to have a much more keen understanding of like, you don't, just have to like like the game can't only be fun. You know, it yeah, can't yeah. only be it has to
1: tell you or make you feel something yeah, yeah. that you couldn't have gotten. It from doesn't a have movie. to tell a
0: story necessarily. No. But it has to have a a vibe, an immersive vibe, right? And I'm thinking specifically of like Breath of the Wild is a perfect example of this where yes. like there's no story of Breath of the Wild. Like, you couldn't possibly, like, tell me what the fuck that game's about. You, <laughs> you're, you're Link, you're in a place, you gotta, like, there's like, some, some temples and there's,
1: there's Ganondorf. Four, there's four you... friends who died in uh-huh. the past, and you gotta go, I guess.
0: Yeah, and you have to, like, you have, like, memories of Zelda. You have to, like, develop these photos. I remember. But
1: that stuff, all that stuff feels really inspired by Dark Souls Mm -hmm. because it's like there's a world, something happened, and you're finding out what happened by playing something.
0: But the point is that, like, Breath of the Wild is a game that, like, I spent a long time with, and I couldn't tell you what the story of Breath of the Wild is really, but I could tell you exactly, like, what temperature i thought it was yeah you know
1: exactly how it feels yeah yeah because it's it's a you know the story is sort of loose because it's not about telling a movie yeah because this is this is exactly what i'm saying is that like in the 30s and 20s and 40s there was this sense in movies where it was like we tell books or we're 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 top hat Mm -hmm. we're song and dance and make you laugh and knock them down vaudeville yeah and then somewhere along the line they figured out no it's not about any of those things it's we can make you feel something completely different Mm -hmm. with like showing you something and that was like a there was this big moment where people were like oh we can make you fucking cry by showing you two things with music yes and it and that i feel like from software and along with a lot of indie games and a lot of other stuff but that happened in the at the end of the 2010s where everyone realized like we can do something way more emotionally like poignant and intellectually stimulating yeah without even like trying to be a movie and so people don't really care about the what i consider like the you know the top hat the uh the Gene Kelly of of video games, which was right. like big guys with guns, and it looks like a movie, you know, like it's a World War Two movie. Uh, we don't have to do that anymore. You yeah. can do something much more personal, mm-hmm. um, and it's great. I love being alive for this. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's
0: it's great. And to to circle it back to kind of like where this started is like talking about breath of the wild and the way that like i can't tell you like i don't even know if i could tell you like what the game mechanics really are of it <laughs> like i remember like swords break and whatever swords break uh a like, glider yeah you gotta like uh you gotta, you gotta fight s- guys you and solve whatever. the dungeons like yeah but i don't remember the dungeons at all <laughs> do, but, but like the elephants but but the world is so immersive and yeah. and to to circle it back like super mario brothers like I couldn't tell you what temperature that world is. I couldn't tell you like sure. what does it feel like in the mushroom kingdom? It doesn't mean anything, right? It's yeah. the, games warrant that back then.
1: Yeah, my friend Austin calls that seeing the wireframe. Mm-hmm. Like you can like the strings, you know, like with with Mario, it's all wireframe. It's yeah. all just like moving the dot that is shaped like a guy over and like avoiding the other dots that are shaped mm-hmm. like turtles or whatever. And the further out we get, now you like are unable to see those wires you know like the yeah. wild is not the first maybe not the first zelda game where you can't but like the one where you absolutely are like this is this isn't just mechanics this yeah. is like su- a lot of things in symphony making me feel like i'm exploring
0: yeah i think it's the first zelda game that does that i think Might so be. yeah because i think it's i mean i'm i didn't
1: play skyward sword and i, I
0: played skyward sword a little bit I ne- i didn't beat it but like Breath of the Wild is the first Zelda game where it felt like I didn't have to do the dungeons if I didn't want to. I didn't have yeah. to do anything. <laughs> like I, I had a friend who played it and uh, went exploring the world right away. You know, just uh, fucked off from the from the main a plot and was just like, well, let's go look around, right? And he found the That's awesome the, the fishing village. And literally, like, I checked in with him, like, a a month later, and he was like, yeah, I I haven't left the fishing village. I'm just, like, (laughs) vibing here, just, like, fishing and hanging out. (laughs) Like, literally didn't even, like, go visit the other towns again or anything (laughs) like that. He just chilled in the fishing village and just fished.
1: That's wild. And just, like, I like fishing, no? Yeah. The... Hyrule Castle can wait.
0: Yeah, it's like the people who play in like Red Dead Redemption 2 where like you oh just yeah, get I into made the all poker. The clothes. <laughs> you're you're just the poker guy. You just hang out in the poker place and that's all you do.
1: Is it got a good poker? It's
0: okay. I didn't mm-hmm. get to I didn't get to the poker. It's not special. It's not like, you know, like I
1: mean if it's y-
0: good, you're playing poker, you know, but against you're playing, an AI, but it's not like AI. a, a it's not like uh, like LA noir where like you're seeing their faces and you're seeing their <laughs> tails or anything like that. You're just playing poker. Like, uh, yeah. But it's just it's just the vibe of it. I guess is yeah. enough to be like this is sick. This is all I I, I like do. that
1: that exists. That is generally not for me. It's funny because last week I showed Jeremy The Matrix. Uh, video game for the PS five. It's a oh, demo yeah. of just a city that you can fly uh, around in
0: the best. <laughs> what a, I, I'm still thinking about it.
1: Uh, it, and it's funny cause I was like, I turned it on. I played the little cut scene where you can be Neo and shoot some people. And then it cuts to this. And then it's like, okay, we're done with the mission. Mm. Check out the city. I flew around and I was like, let's get to the tallest building. And then I was like, all right. And I turned it off. Um, Cause there's nothing more to do in my, you know, cause I kind of think of video games mm-hmm. that way. Jeremy turns it on and he's just like, well, I have to not do this or I'll be here all night. Yeah. I literally, <laughs> I
0: had to put the controller down and leave because I was so, I, everything I was looking at everything. I was yeah. like, I was looking at like the way that the reflection on the street looked. Individual I was
1: individual like, rooms and in individual buildings, uh-huh, yeah, <laughs>
0: trying to like see where the highways lead, like what they designed the exits to look like. yeah the roundabouts, uh-huh. the
1: the u-turns. yeah, and like my brain doesn't exactly work that way, yeah, but i I like that those there's games for you that are like getting like people are starting to understand that you can just do that mm-hmm. and that's a game, and people want it,
0: yeah. Or even better is when your game has that, but also has stuff for you. Right. And that's, what's great about the, you know, about the breath of the wild, the, the red dead redemption too. Like these games are and, cyberpunk and,
1: and, after it's patched. Apparently <laughs> maybe, I don't know
0: <laughs> to some degree. Uh, city skylines is kind of like this too, where right. like I always describe it as being like five games in one game where like it has something for every type of person who plays this game and, and different people play completely different ways. And like, Yeah, Red Dead is like that, too. Yeah. But to a much greater degree than City Skylines.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was really annoyed with Red Dead because of how slow Mm -hmm. and methodical and the shooting sucks. Uh,
0: The shooting does suck big time. And
1: I was like, what is the point of this game? I I think I said on on YouTube, I said that it was... um, barbie's dream ranch for boys yes you know I- <laughs> that's exactly what it is though that's uh, the point <laughs> yeah and i realized that later that i was like that's fine if that's what you want yeah if you want to just like be a guy who has a beard and you know hunts bears and that's all it is like or whatever like or whatever you just want to like to hang vinch. out in the
0: one town where you just like you like go get a bath you know yeah. <laughs> like the fact that you can just go get a bath is really nice <laughs> um One last thing is uh, a similar sort of thing to this uh, that I just remembered was I I, uh, there's a skateboarding uh, podcast that I listened to called the nine club. And um, there's an episode they did a video game channel for a little while. It didn't really work out. Okay. But they did one where they're playing Grand Theft Auto. uh, The newest one where it's like a really nice recreation of LA. And they're just like, Oh yeah. Five. yeah They're just going around looking for famous skate spots And just, like, hanging out at them and being like, oh, yeah, like, this is where, like, so-and-so did this. And, like... Oh, that's cool. And they're talking about, like, how you skate it, and they're talking about the experience of skating it, just, like, hanging out in the space. Yeah. So interesting.
1: That's really interesting. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's weird because there's a whole thing with, like, the metaverse now. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's interesting to see who's having, like, visceral reactions to the concept of, like, a virtual space. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's, it's all bad because it's, like... It's
0: bad because it's Facebook, and it's bad because the purpose of it is to monetize this experience
1: I mean, it's also bad because you know even places like Fortnite and uh v R chat and like spaces that are designed to be all you know functionally like places to hang out so i was re- I was talking with uh, chris like there's uh a- there was an article where like zoomers hang out in Fortnite mm-hmm. in a way that we hung out in the mall yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's a knee jerk reaction from people our age who are just like, well, that's not real. And and I'm I'm sort of fa- I'm a little bit sympathetic to it. And it's I'm like, a little
0: bit sympathetic to it, but I'm also like I hung out in like fucking chat rooms. Like I, right. I I'm no yeah. stranger to this idea. Like uh, there was when we were kids, there was the Palace Chat which was like a chat room that was like you had like a like a visual element to it that like sucked but like it it was that was the idea of it like i'm not you know i'm not against
1: it uh but i think it's interesting because it's like one of the reasons we that it that they are hanging out is because the world is so bad Mm -hmm. like uh, this country doesn't have like communal spaces to hang out really sure uh and i think that's bad but like i don't have a knee jerk reaction against hanging out in a digital world like that would be cool yeah even when there was communal spaces i thought it would be cool like and now it exists And it's like, kind of, you know, we're getting there.
0: Yeah. Uh, The metaverse has its own problems. But, like, the idea of hanging out in digital space is not weird to me at all.
1: No, I think it's okay. Uh, But I I think that's very exciting, too. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm excited to see where it goes uh, and how it affects games in general. Yeah. Um, But but anyway, anyway, this is not
0: a podcast about video games. It isn't.
1: It's about movies. But I think that we're... Sort of leaning towards, at least, sort of calling them movies. Sometimes (laughs) I'm
0: going to say that they're better than movies. Oh yeah, I Uh. mean they're getting there.
1: (laughs) I think a really great movie can be its own thing, and it's just the problem is that people aren't the people who are very creative. There are less and less of them focusing on movies. Like Mm -hmm. younger kids want to make games. It seems like yeah, very. It doesn't seem like a lot of kids are on the whole like being like i'm gonna be a big film director no
0: and if they are getting into making movies they're making like youtube and tiktok and like oh yeah you know they're making small film
1: oh real quick i know we don't really have much time but i also wanted to shout out to someone all of this uh is very related to a channel i just found that has like 800 subscribers Uh, called the video game archaeologist Mm -hmm. and it's like an archeology i think he's either a graduate or something but he's he's literally an archaeologist and he has a he has just videos where he like he goes through dark souls and like analyzes the spaces Mm -hmm. and like this is how he he would like interpret if it was an archaeological dig you know what i mean of like Okay, well, they designed these spaces to be like, this place has been things. I mean, Dark Souls is just so rich with this that he's able to go be like, this isn't a church that is now abandoned. It's a space that was lots of things over the centuries. Mm-hmm. And so you can sort of gather these things. This was a church that was abandoned, that became a market that was abandoned, that became a asylum
0: that's a- and so up my alley. It's so
1: sick. <laughs> and he just goes through each individual area and is like... This is, is it a-.
0: just Dark Souls or is there other I stuff I think there's too? other
1: pl- other games. Nice. Um, and he, I, I think he's sort of new. Uh, he also has a video that reminded me a lot of the Action Button reviews. It's like a half an hour long that is about Undertale and uh, the death of his brother. Mm. That's really sad. Uh, mm. <laughs> um, but I, he doesn't have... like He has like 800 subscribers. So... I highly recommend checking out The Video Game Archaeologist. Um, And that's what I watched that week. Nice. Uh, So so let's get into the movie we watched.
0: We watched this week, we watched a a short documentary feature that is hard to pin down what year it is because (laughs) on like IMDb, it says 2003. The album is 2004, I believe. Uh, And then at the end of the actual video presentation it's copyright 2000 so huh extremely not clear when this came out uh but it is a it's a short documentary feature called what's up fat lip it is directed by spike, spike jones Spike Jones, and it is about the uh the rapper fat lip from the uh seminal early 90s uh uh hip-hop group uh the far side and it's about him kind of Maybe trying to do a comeback, maybe just making an album, but they're <laughs> they're filming the music video for his single "What's Up, Fat Lip," and these are sort of little interviews and and moments that are happening, uh, in between shooting scenes.
1: Right. It's immediately sort of uh, very Spike Jonesy. Yeah. Like in earlier Spike Jones. Um, if you're only familiar with where the wild things are, you will not find puppets. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh you know, the sort of his sort of style early on was very verite, but also somehow surreal. Like he was so good at at figuring out how to make things feel surreal and dreamlike mm-hmm. even when it was just clearly handheld footage on a street. Yeah. Uh and I think that's really what made him a, a huge success is yeah. that he was he just has this sense of otherworldliness that he can imbue with into anything. And this pretty quickly has it because it begins I think with him just like on the street in a clown suit, Mm -hmm. just talking. Yeah. And that's not explained.
0: I think the first, (laughs) first thing that you see is him in the streaker outfit. And he's outside of some, uh, some nightclub. Just he's acting like he's like a, like a A homeless guy, like a mentally ill homeless guy, just screaming at people. (laughs) Uh, I was in this motherfucker. V I P (laughs) my God, just saying it over and over and over again. Just the same exact, thing yeah in the same cadence very
1: convincing over and guy. over again
0: <laughs> and then he just like gets back in the car and just like smiles and laughs. <laughs>, laughs
1: uh yeah and then it'll do things like like formally it will um do things like he'll be telling a story and then it will cut to another Location, another outfit, Mm -hmm. but it sounds like it's the same story. Like there's no
0: really well edited in that way, right?
1: And that that's a very Spike Jones thing of like making it feel jarring and strange, but also like you're talking to your friend. Yeah. Um, and so it's got that going for it. Um, most of the stories he's telling are pretty standard. It's Mm -hmm. other than that, I would say this is a pretty straightforward. Fatlip telling a little bit of his history, yeah, you know, being like, "This is what I was into as a kid." I mean, it's all sort of cut up, yeah, wildly.
0: It's a, it's a unique perspective in some ways because of his like washed upness, right? And like this sort of idea of like all these great things are in my past, and like my future is pretty bleak, and like I don't really have a lot going for me going forward from here. It, it's it's got a really sad tone, but then it also has this sort of I, I don't know. Like something I noticed this time watching, cause I've seen this a few times. Uh-huh. Uh, something I noticed this time watching it is that like, there's a very specific choice to make one of the last things that he says, if not the last thing he says in the movie, I believe it's the last thing he says is like, he's talking about how like the money is drying up and he's like, he's the like, money's money's fucking running out for me, man. And like, <laughs> I, I haven't had to get a real job yet, but like it's common and I can feel it's common. And you know, I got fucking kids. I got six kids that I gotta feed, and like, it's you know, the the money's fucking gonna be gone soon. And like, they then it cuts to them in the car, and you just hear Spike just be like, "You have six kids?" And he's like, <laughs> "Nah." <laughs> and so you're It feels like it's an intentional choice to put that as the closing thing of yeah. him being like, "No, I was, I was joking." <laughs> for you to then kind of look back on the whole movie and be like how
1: much of this was real how much of
0: this was serious and how much of this is just you fucking around
1: (laughs) right because he's a goofy guy yeah he's a weird sort of nerd who you know made a lot of bad choices in his life and you learn a lot about this guy in 30 minutes um he like i said you learn about his sort of upbringing and like what he was interested in like he was like just listening to de la soul like it was a movie yeah um was the other one he liked de la soul and
0: well, he talks about biggie and how like i guess
1: biggie like it was a god but this is movie. sort of
0: later like there's like this f- nice like early bit where he's talking about like how he him and his friends like would go out dancing and they like have coordinated dances that they do. And he's talking about the music that they listen to, and like one of the names he shouts out is uh Kraftwerk, which oh, is an yeah. interesting uh uh influence for like nineties hip hop.
1: Well, it's far side. They're weird. They're weird <laughs> for
0: sure. But like uh, I I've always like been very intrigued by I guess I should talk about my history with this movie.
1: Oh yeah, because this say is what, an interesting you...
0: this is an interesting thing. Uh so I first saw this movie in an intro to film class in college. In this was in the syllabus in the curriculum. This is the first movie we watched.
1: This um, is the first. This is the first, it's first like, movie okay. we watched. Intro to film. Yeah. What's up, fat lip?
0: What's up, fat lip? Kicking it off. <laughs> and what? this was in a class that also included um, the general. This also included uh, "Run Lola Run." Okay. This included. Uh, uh, Bicycle thieves, sp- like uh, uh, on the waterfront, like the
1: big classics, the
0: big classics, the real things that you'd expect yeah. to see in a one hundred and one course.
1: <laughs> What's up, fat lip? Is on there, and I wonder if it was like this is what you could do. Like we're starting off of like even you, you're not going to have as much money mm-hmm. as Marlon or You know, all of these people we're going to watch, but like these are the themes we're going to talk about and things that you could feasibly do. And this is yeah. why this guy has a good eye and has, you know, spent $0 on this except, you know, having access to a washed up wrapper. Right. So my experience
0: of it was I was, I went to the first day of the class uh, and then I went to the lecture. So it, it the way it w- worked was it would be like one day of the week we're in the lecture hall, watching a movie one day of the week we're in the classroom Talking about it'd be like the
1: next day or a day or two later, day or two
0: later, whatever. Like I think it was on a Tuesday Friday schedule, if I'm not mistaken. So it would be Tuesday, you watch the movie. Friday, you're in class. Um, and so the first day of the school year was on a Friday, so I was there, and he was talking about what the class is going to be, and he introduced this, and I have a memory of him introducing this and being like, "Does anybody remember The Far Side?" And all these kids <laughs> just being like, "No, not really." And he's like, "Well, it's a documentary about the guy from The Far Side." Um, so we're gonna be watching that, uh, you know, on Tuesday, and then we go in on Tuesday, we watch it, and I'm like, oh, sick! It's like nice and short, so I'm fucking out of here. Uh, and then I was like sick, or I didn't go to school, or whatever the day that we talked about it. So I have no idea why this was <laughs> on the curriculum. I have no memory of it. I I I just know that it was on there, and and it it stuck with me, and I really liked it, and I've watched yeah. it a few times since then, and it's it's become like a a, a real favorite of mine and i actually i did actually write an email to my old professor to oh, be like this week? yeah I literally i only got around to it yesterday i forgot to do it because i was on vacation but i yeah i wrote him an email to be like <laughs> hey man like i was in your class a really really long time ago and i just was curious like why this is on the curriculum so i'll let you know if i ever get a response from it. <laughs> And it's funny because it's not like I have a bad memory of this because I... Well, you just didn't go. I, I think I didn't go. I don't really remember that, but I, I just know that I don't remember why. I don't remember a discussion of the movie itself. Um, oh. But I remember like weird things he said about like his grandkids and stuff. like I have very specific memories yeah, of this yeah, course, yeah. so it's not that I don't remember. It's not like you weren't paying
1: attention. Yeah.
0: So you probably didn't go. So I probably didn't go. Anyway, um, the point is that's my introduction to this movie, and then I've watched it a bunch of times since then, and I've I've analyzed it to death, and I really, really want to know <laughs> why it was on this curriculum.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, interesting, interesting choice. Yeah, a thirty-minute documentary that, that was think, never released on yeah, anything except just... a bonus DVD. Yeah, Um it's like a CD plus thing. I think. Yeah, like you could put the actual CD of this record. Into your computer I think
0: so yeah I think it was an enhanced uh, Enhanced CD So I think One of the things I've always found Fascinating about it Is The perspective Of Like Spike's Like handheldness Of the camera And The way that in Like He films From where he is Like there's no Framing of shots In this There's no like Let me get a good Angle on Fat lip For this shot it's always where spike is yeah naturally so your perspective of this is first person right if that makes sense yeah like it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like handheld camera it feels like first person perspective so it always feels like you're sitting and hanging out with fat lip
1: yeah that's true
0: um and it has that sort of And
1: spike barely talks
0: he barely talks he occasionally will just like interject with something when it's like absolutely necessary, but otherwise, it really just feels like you're hanging out listening to a guy talk the whole time. Yeah, Uh, because it's basically what you're doing. Um, Which I guess I've never really seen that in in documentary before, where it feels like you're. It never feels like you're watching a movie. It, almost, it never feels like you're watching something. It, it feels like you're there.
1: Reminded me of like a Roy Anderson movie. Who's that? Uh, You the Living. Oh, okay, yeah. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Like it's just like shot and then it's like a guy speaking directly to you. Yeah, 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 uh, <laughs> totally. Uh-huh. Uh, and the
0: dreaminess of it yeah, and the yeah. strangeness of it. Yeah, absolutely.
1: It's like a it's like a skater LA Roy Anderson. <laughs> yeah. It's and and
0: and like the weird things that he's able to like magic into happening that like I just I don't know like where this could come from where like he's hanging out with like the Mexican kids on that one random block and like the f- the first thing that they ask him is like do you know puff daddy? <laughs> and he's like yeah we've, we've met a couple times they're like can you get an autograph? Can I get puff daddy's autograph?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> no, he says like he says like yeah, I could probably hook that up. I could probably <laughs> make that happen.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: It's so funny. But I don't know. I guess like Something that's, like, I thought about a lot this time watching it. And I've thought about this a little bit in the past. But this time watching it, it really came to the forefront is, like, the the role of, like, masculinity in, in the story of Fatlip. And the way that, mm-hmm. like, he sees, like.
1: He does have a baby, too, right?
0: I don't think so. He's that's just, not his baby? I think he's just there in somebody's house to, to do the scene, Oh, I don't think that's his kid.
1: Yeah, maybe like a sister. Yeah, Could or be something. Anybody. Just
0: anybody. Uh, but um, I'm thinking of like so the Biggie scene, right, where he's talking about Biggie and how he's like, oh yeah, he's like obsessed with like New York hip hop and how he's like doing cocaine and he's doing drugs because he's like, this is what like the New York guys are into. They're partying and they're fucking doing cocaine, killing people, and they're killing people. And, people and, the... killing people. and then he's like I. He has this great line where he's like, and it's it was a relief to me when I realized that he was just a poet with a great imagination. Yeah. And you're like, you kind of like ruined your career trying to live up to this, this hyper-masculine image that you didn't even realize was right. kayfabe. Because
1: he talks about later how he was just like constantly doing coke and sort of arguing with his band and yeah. being like, well, we can't do this because it's not cool and yeah. we're not you know and it's it's that part is really interesting because i can't tell you how many like hours of conversation i've had about like what direction are we trying to do what are we trying to do Mm -hmm. in this band like what music are what kind of music are we trying to write like that stuff is like i don't know if i'm an outlier or it seems like everybody who makes music is just like constantly thinking about this if you're in like a band if they're like what am I doing and why am I doing it? Just overanalyzing that stuff. Yeah. I feel like I didn't really know until you're in a band where anyone's paying attention that like that's a universal, Mm -hmm. like people who are making music are constantly thinking about it of like, what is this going to feel like? How are we going to be perceived? Yes. Yes. What is that? What am I trying to say? And
0: it's like it's annoying, but so annoying. <laughs> but if you're in a situation where you're not talking or thinking about that, it's so much worse. Uh-huh. I was yep. in a I was in a band with like comedians. We did like kind of like a fun, goofy, just like hang Let's around, get together, get together and, and, play. And, and, and play. Yeah, but then like it started to get more serious, yep. and we started playing more shows, and we started writing more songs, <laughs> but we never really got around to like talking about aesthetic and talking about vibe and talking about these things. And so it always felt like we had this incongruous sort of sound. And anytime I would try to bring it up, uh, it would get like shut down or like were, like, we're just having fun. Well, but we were like stuck in this between space where yeah. it's like,
1: it's not that fun now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not fun
0: anymore. <laughs> it's serious, but we're not being serious. So what are we? Yeah like we're stuck in this, like, you know, if it's going to be a just for fun band, then I just want it to be for fun. If it's going to be a serious play shows band, we need to be cooler than this. Yeah. Like this is not working.
1: Right. Or, or at least have, or we need to be like, a very serious fun band, because mm-hmm. you can be real big fish or something. you can be like sure, We're but the real big fish
0: has a perspective. Real big fish has a consistent sound. That's what The I'm problem saying. with my you band can... was that we didn't have a consistent aesthetic,
1: and you see those bands in every fucking city in mm-hmm. all of America of just like, we have a fucking party rock anthem and we have like the ballad that this guy wanted to do. And, yeah, we, yeah. you know, and it's funny, like when, when, when stay inside first started playing, like that was absolutely how our shows were. We, mm-hmm. Like I had written something on the bass, and then like parties had songs he would written before, uh, you know, the band had started that were sort of more, kind of like he sounds now. And then it would be like more emo stuff that we'd written together. And it was like, what is, what is, this? like yeah. it was all nice, but it was like, it didn't really cohere in any sort of way. And you have to really think about like, what are we trying to say? Right. And it's, it's interesting. Cause when he talks about, you know, they kicked me out, basically, they mm-hmm. like came to me and were like, we want to do something else and you don't want to do it. So you have to leave. Like
0: they killed the band, you know, it's yeah. like losing fat lip, ended the far side for right. for the most part.
1: They tried to continue I think, but mm-hmm. it but it just didn't isn't the same.
0: He's he's so good and he's such <laughs> a big presence in in the good far side albums.
1: Right. And and I don't know how this record performed, but uh you know, I not
0: great. The single did pretty well, but like exactly? I think otherwise not great.
1: But it's so it sounds like Danny Brown. Mm-hmm. Like, it sounds like early Danny Brown where he's just like super earnest. Yeah. And like, you know, he says like, <laughs> people thought I was gay, but I'm actually just a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, just but to even say that at the time was like probably too ahead of its time. Yeah. It was know? too
0: far ahead of its time. And Farside was too. Yeah, All absolutely. Of, basically every part of this guy's career has been like just the wrong time for the, best thing (laughs) like the far side are so good right and if they had been born you know 10 years later they'd be i mean he'd be tyler the creator basically like
1: sure yeah or at least or danny brown or something you know like uh somebody who's doing that more like super earnest yeah i mean um, i was
0: mapping him i was mapping it as like far side would be taking the place of like odd future
1: oh for sure oh Uh, yeah you're right damn or brock hampton yeah um and he'd be abstract um yeah so it's a really interesting look into his life and then it ends with this really long really uncomfortable story about having sex with a trans woman yes and then beating her up i guess or punching her in the
0: face well so it's like it's it's the story of his verse in the far side song. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. And he does, he does end up like doing the verse also, but he tells this story yet yeah, about um, it's, it's an interesting way to tell the story, I think. Cause it's like, there's the cool guy version of it where he's just like, yeah, like I like met this trans woman and she like tried to trick me. And so I beat her ass up. But he tells the whole story in, like, great detail where he's, like... Yeah. He... I don't know. Like, it's it's a bad story, and, like, well, the way it ends feel, is bad.
1: It makes you feel... It's weird because it's, like, this guy is an ass... Or, like, in that moment was, like, a bad person. Yeah. You know? And, like, doing a very bad thing. Uh, and he, But he feels bad about it, kind of? He feels bad and about he it, like, but
0: also, like, he... The thing that I find so interesting in that story, and I don't know that it really speaks to anything greater than just an interesting thing to see somebody talk about, but like the first part of that story where he's like, Yeah, and like she was so hot and like I brought her around all my friends and I was like, Yeah, like I got this hot girl and like I'm taking yeah, her to yeah, the yeah. beach, we're like hanging out, and like he he really liked her. Right. You know, that's the interesting part <laughs> of it is that like it almost feels like the the thing that he feels the most betrayed by is how much he liked her and then
1: he feels like he's he's worried he's gay now.
0: Yes, but also like I like it it's the betrayal isn't like you made me gay. The betrayal is like you took this woman away from me. <laughs> you know, like it's like he loved that woman and then because she was trans and he he couldn't be gay bigoted, or whatever yeah, like yeah. yeah like like that took this woman from him right is which, kind of the perspective of the story which, which is I really find gross very interesting and
1: bad but like it, it, it's yeah i don't know it's, it's
0: a perspective on transphobia you don't see very often <laughs> i guess is what i mean to say
1: well, sure yeah it was it was you know I, I think it's a weird thing to present without comment mm-hmm. i thought you know, like it doesn't have anything to do with the story. Right. So I didn't know what I was like supposed to be feeling. Mhm. It kinda just made me feel like Oh, you're an asshole. Right. You know? And and then it was like, yeah, but he seems I yeah, I don't know. That, that part was like, What is this for? Yeah. Who is this for? Uh and then and then it kind of ends, yeah,, uh, it
0: has the last moment of him talking about maybe needing to get a job, and then it's over,
1: yeah, and uh, yeah, and so then they
0: show you the video, which is very it's fun. a cute video, yeah,
1: yeah, uh, classic spike, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that part i I didn't, I don't know, I was just like, what is this about?
0: yeah, I didn't care for it, I don't think it needed to be in there,
1: yeah, uh. But everything else about the music stuff is very fascinating. Uh, it's a it, it is a really interesting perspective to see um, somebody having success and then not being rich. And I I feel like that's a really like it can just be taken all away from you. Yeah. And I I mean it's this is an especially thing a uh, big thing in the early two thousands mm-hmm. when people were getting shit deals. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And yeah. you know. I mean even
0: through like I mean For most of the TV Age it's been like that Like you hear um, Henry Rollins talk about it When Mm. uh, So do you know the whole story About like him and his roommate In like the early 90s or something Like that they get like uh, uh, So he has this roommate Joe Cole and the two Of them live in LA together and um, At some point like uh, Rick Rubin comes over to hear like the demos of the first Rollins bands, the Rollins band album, uh-huh. uh, and he comes, he pulls up in a fucking Rolls Royce, uh, <laughs> and and Rollins is like, my neighbors all saw it. And he's like, we're going to get fucking robbed. Like, people already look <laughs> at me weird because I'm on MTV. Yeah. And people think that because I'm on MTV, I'm rich. And, like, I'm not rich. I have no money, in fact. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've just gotten on MTV. And so he's like, I'm going to get fucking robbed. And sure enough, like, the next, like, week or something like that, like, they get robbed. And then uh, something goes wrong. And, and his roommate gets fucking killed. Oh, and my God. so, yeah, so his, his roommate and best friend gets, like, murdered right next to him. Uh, which explains a lot about the man he becomes. But uh, in any event, it's 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 another one of those stories of just like he's famous, but he's not
1: rich, right? And and I think you know you hear a lot of discourse about celebrities mm-hmm. and like being rich, uh, and that is a big fucking spectrum. Like yeah, you know,
0: especially in music. I mean, music more than anything. Like. Most right. most actors, if you've heard of them, are probably doing okay.
1: You'd be surprised. I mean, like okay, they're doing okay, mm-hmm. but like that literally, because like I I worked in television for a while, and I worked in post houses, so I'd you know meet people yeah. all of the time, uh who you know were f- notable names, you know, like people you would be like recognize as like oh you're this person right you know but like they're making it you know like that some some of them were just like sometimes they get their money gets gone in certain ways and it's not always their fault and sometimes it is their fault but it's like it's not like they are all you know diversified investment portfolios and like they own properties in three countries and stuff Right, like that kind of wealth is does not you know the kind of rich that actors are really could go away at any time. I I think a lot of people,
0: it's, it's the kind of, they're in the position of being like having a pretty good job.
1: Yes, exactly. Like
0: that's the kind of money they're making is like, yeah, yeah, like you've got a pretty good stable job for a couple of years.
1: Yeah. And it, but it's like, I remember even my, one of my richer uncles, uh, you know, as a composer for film and television, like had a very nice house and stuff. Mm -hmm. But like, if things dried up for three years, that's it. Like yeah. they have to like downsize, you know, sell their house and, for sure. you know, like that. And it couldn't happen. It happens to people all the time. So it's really interesting to see the sort of different precarity of like a, a they're on a level of wealth that, you know, lots of people don't ever achieve and fame and notoriety. And that's nice in its own social way. But like, <laughs> like Fatlip doesn't have to work. Yeah, You know, he's, like, recording a record and probably touring and, like, doing his new thing and, mm. like, doesn't have to have a job. And, like, for a lot of people, that's way more than they could ever hope for. Yeah. Just, like, being able to not work and, and I mean, just Farside, do music.
0: The thing with Farside, too, is that, like, now especially... If they ever wanted to do a reunion at, like, Coachella or something like that, it would it be would be
1: huge. I just saw, uh, today, Farside put out a new song with, uh, or, excuse me, Fatlip put out a big song with, um, an artist that I cannot remember right now. Oh, damn. Uh, I want to know who. Uh, just, like, they just, like, put it up on Bandcamp or whatever, uh, like, literally two days ago.
0: That's crazy. Um... And by the way, folks at home, if you've never listened to The Far Side, I don't remember if we talked about this in the bonus. It was in the bonus when we were talking about going to listen to Toon Yards, but go listen to The Fucking Far Side, specifically uh, Fatlip's verse at the end of, um, oh, what's that song called? Uh, Passing Me By. His verse at the end of Passing Me By is possibly one of the best verses in hip hop, period. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. it's far, so that, good for,
1: that fucking far side record is awesome uh it's with blue the rapper blue oh, okay produced by mad lib and also has a verse uh with he- hemlock ernst from uh future islands uh yeah so he's like still doing it yeah um and i mean i'm sure it's still a grind this is the thing like being a musician especially like maybe you have a nice house maybe you have a nice car mm-hmm. but it's like if you're not working you're, it's going to go away pretty quick and and you know he understands that um he doesn't have six kids yeah but uh it will dry up eventually um so that's yeah, an interesting little music documentary yeah. i thought and it will lead us pretty good into next month but we've got one more black history month entry next week
0: oh yeah did you uh
1: what did you put I put th- it it's gonna be poetic justice uh the john singleton Janet jackson tupac vehicle nice uh which is i wanted to do uh oh wait you don't you recommend this yeah i recommend this of yeah. course yeah i love this i movie. liked it i mean i i i, I don't I th- i've i had a fine time watching it. Mm-hmm. it it's a 30 minute music documentary and it's like it is really well made uh and it's a good watch so sure i recommend it also it's like sad jackass it's like sad jackass yeah but it's sad and not happy (laughs) uh yeah uh yeah and watch out for the weird ace ventura level like (laughs) transphobia very transphobic Uh, i can imagine a lot of people not feeling comfortable with that story uh but otherwise i'd recommend it it's a cute little thing spike jones is just like he's always got I don't know, he's like they made nothing bad he's he's just like has a magic touch, I think, yeah, um it's great, um, so next month or next week will be poetic justice um it's a movie that I watched so many times when I was like eight years old mm-hmm. um i wanted I was like thinking about doing boys in the hood uh John singleton has like cool yeah
0: boys in the hood is is tough though it's pretty long
1: quite a run right there for was like first three or four films mm-hmm. um higher learning was also a huge one for me um but uh i just was like poetic justice is probably really fun and i've yeah. seen it a bazillion times and it's sort of more of a piece with what's up fat lip for you i think which is like a movie you really like and have seen a bunch yeah uh and uh i watched the prims video on it and uh it made me confident that it was it's still pretty fun <laughs> nice uh so yeah have you seen that one
0: i probably have but i don't really remember
1: Janet jackson and tupac fall in love
0: but once again folks <laughs> yeah. at home check out prims hood cinema you should watch Good prims- channel hood. yeah
1: yeah i watched it and it's, it was so funny when he's like yeah tupac comes in he a mailman <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> he's so fucking funny man did you watch the one on hustle and flow yes how he keeps saying like he'd be in a lemon lame <laughs>
1: he is <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's a great channel. Good so, channel check out prims hood cinema and just uh since i since i messed up the name and we're plugging things uh watch video game archaeology on youtube he only has 350 subscribers and the v- couple videos i've watched of him is, are very good um so prims and princehood cinema and video game archaeology, and we'll be na- We'll be back next week with poetic justice, directed by John Singleton. Otherwise, if you'd like to hear more of our show, you can go to Patreon.com/slash Generation
0: where we are ten patrons away from Ooh. season three of The Sopranos. <laughs> ten, <laughs> only ten. ten. It's Come real- on, Look, people! It's, it's,
1: it's if 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 you're on the fence just just it's right just at the end of the just do it month. Bryn
0: really wants to watch season 3 it's and you're being <laughs> frankly you're being a little selfish a little
1: abusive i'd say
0: yeah i'd say this is actually some pretty toxic behavior <laughs> To not be a patron of the <laughs> Generation Lost Podcast. In some ways this is an abuse tactic, what you're doing. I
1: mean I have to agree.
0: You're kind of you're kind of S- love bombing speak us. Speak on it. <laughs> and and gaslighting and and um, Yeah,
1: grooming, really.
0: Grooming. You're being a groomer by not uh giving us five dollars a month.
1: For our labor. For
0: our labor so that yeah. we can watch it's basically three like of the Sopranos. It's
1: basically like our union busting.
0: <laughs> yeah, in some ways it's actually pretty reactionary. <laughs> And um you know, not—it's
1: kind of fashy
0: It's kind of fashion. Yeah, it's a little bit. You're being a chud by uh, by not giving us five dollars a month at Patreon.com/slash Generation Loss. Right.
1: Join the DSA. Yeah. Exactly.
0: A- yeah. If you if you want the leftist perspective on on season three of The Sopranos
1: <laughs> on a 22 year old <laughs> show. Uh, <laughs> You want to feel good about yourself and support, uh, you know, two uh, leftist queers in Brooklyn. Uh,
0: (laughs) You couldn't possibly prove that we're not.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you will find nothing on our social medias to the contrary.
0: (laughs) How could you possibly how could you possibly have such proof
1: (laughs) yeah go to generation uh patreon.com slash generation loss and give us five dollars and we will do an episode on season three of the sopranos yes and then it's only 25 more each season from there (laughs) yeah uh so uh check that out and you'll get a bonus episode every week this week we did the super bowl recap trailers yeah trailer recap
0: we talked about trailers
1: and we have a lot of fun with it yeah um
0: good trailers
1: good trailers good episode uh so you get that and you know movie news topics all all kinds of good stuff uh also discord where you can uh watch the movie that we're gonna talk about on monday on sunday and um other than that we'll see you next time we'll see
0: you next time
1: bye trying, fresh kid turned rotten, I can't believe how eat that i have
0: gotten. over the years seems like I'm getting A reminiscent to a time when I was younger with a hunker, full of dreams determination, self esteem, but now it seems, they hesitate to be on my team, you know the routine when you and they grinning, all up in your face like they was with you from the beginning but on the flip side, when you watched them like a tie, fools climb by how you slipped and let shit slide beside the fact before
1: Whack, clown just running 'round, talkin' 'bout and smoke crack. Ain't got no homies that got my back. Yeah, I'm a brother, but sometimes I don't feel black. My
0: girl is white, my came in tight. Niggas who ain't see me in the way I be like, dude, you alright? Who, who am, am I a kidding? Who am I fool when they be like, What's up, fat lip? And I say, Coolin'. Who am I kidding? Who